mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Where Could I Go? His scripture text will be taken from the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 17 through 27. Here now, Pastor Moody. Mark chapter 9, let's start in verse number 17. The Bible said, uh, one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit, or he has a spirit that's possessed him that he cannot speak. And uh, whatsoever he Wheresoever he taketh him, wherever the spirit drives him, he tears him. He foams at the mouth and gnashes with his teeth, and he pines away. And I spake to your disciples that they should cast him out or this devil out, and they could not. And he answered him, and and he answereth him and said, O faithless generation, which is really a word that means you unbelieving generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer with you? Uh, The original rendering there, Jesus actually said, How long shall I put up with you? How long do I have to put up with your inabilities? Then he said, Bring him to me. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him or just overtook him. He went into convulsions and fell on the ground, wallowing, foaming, And he asked uh, his father, Jesus did, he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child, in other words, all of his life. And oft times it cast him in the fire and in the waters to destroy him. How many knows the devil, the thief comes not, but for to kill and steal and destroy? Uh, He said, but if you can do anything, Have compassion on us. Have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Help thou my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge you, I command you, come out of him and enter no more into him. The spirit cried. How many knows he put up a last effort, a last fight? And the scripture said he rent him sore and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. He arose. I want to preach this morning. I'm going to use for, the, for a title, I guess, uh, part of the words of an old song we used to sing a lot, Where Could I Go But to the Lord? Where could I go? Turn around to tell somebody, ask somebody, where could I go? When I'm in trouble, when I'm in distress, when it's an impossible situation, where could I go 
but to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, for your blessing, for the worship, all the songs this morning. I need you. If there was ever a time, we need you, we need you now. Lord, move in a special way. Rebuke the devil. He's out to destroy, but you've come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. We're believing you that what the devil meant for harm, God will turn into good. Encourage the discouraged, speak to the hurting, bind up the wounds, let faith overcome even our feelings today. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Hallelujah. Where could I go but to the Lord? I began to think about this message and this uh, the song actually that led me to study and prepare this message. And I thought like this, that some things are beyond our ability to comprehend, let alone to solve or control or have an answer for. And the disciples of Jesus walking with him, seeing him work miracles, seeing real power evident every day, but they found themselves in a situation that they could do neither. They couldn't solve the problem. They couldn't control it. This demon was more powerful than they were. And I thought that today our situation may be the same in a lot of ways. There are problems in our country today that are far beyond our ability or even the government's ability to address. And, um, in fact, our government this week has been in a partial shutdown. How many knows about that going on? And everybody's distressed and upset. And so instead of trying to solve the problems, the Different political parties have been on the phone. They've been calling their base of support, trying to raise more money, you know, from their people so they can fight each other more. Hello. Our country is deeply divided today over their ideologies and their ideas of how things ought to be. I believe I could take a monkey and a bunch of bananas and run the government better than they're running it. I really do. Amen. I think they're a shame and a disgrace, both parties. Hello. Now, I'm not being harsh or critical. I, I, I do pray for them. I pray every day, God, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Turn their hearts. They ain't got nothing between their ears, so turn their hearts. Maybe, maybe God can lead them to do something just from a feeling. Amen. And uh, I thought like this, the media then is doing all they can to manipulate the facts and the truth and, and further divide the country. And along with that, the worry, the stress, the anxiety that's crippling our nation. The U.S. News and World Report said this. They said in the United States, listen, 27 million adults and 7.5 million children have diagnosable mental disorders. Tozier said this. He said, any people that do not have an absolute in their lives, an absolute point of reference, of strength, of right and wrong, someone they know or something they can totally depend upon to always be dependable and steadfast and something you can always lean on. In our case, it's our God. They say we're crazy. But Tozier said anybody that does not have an absolute in their lives that helps them stay on course is mentally ill. 
mentally ill. This is really the, the, the source and probably the cause, directly or indirectly, of all mental illness or all breakdowns that people tend to have morally, mentally, physically, their nerves. And I started to think what a shape our country must be in. Do you know that mental disorders are more in this country, listen, than the combined number, this is according to U.S. News and World Report, of people with cancer, heart disease, or lung disorders. Our greatest worries, however, are often those or over those that we love the most. I thought about this father who came to Jesus. Think about his utter hopelessness. A demon spirit has taken over my child. It has closed his mouth and stopped his ears. He can't hear, neither can he speak. This demon causes him to go into convulsions. It throws him in the fire and tries to burn him up. It's threw him in the water and tried to drown him. I'm a father, I'm a dad, I'm a grandfather. I, I know what it's like to try to help your children, defend your children and your family. And oftentimes I, when I read this story, I, I, I know the outcome. I know Jesus is going to set this man free, this child free. But my heart is always broken for the father who comes to Jesus and says, I went to your disciples. I went to the church. And they couldn't help, can you say amen? And so when we look at this man and, and we realize the condition that he's in, I thought, you know, sometimes our troubles bring us to a, such a place of fear and anxiety that frankly, it can be too much to overcome. Let me ask, how many's ever been in a place like that? Borderline depression, borderline mental breakdown, nervous breakdown. And I, I know I'm treading in some deep stuff this morning, but I want to help somebody. I've seen... Christians over the years try to look the part, talk the part, act the part. In reality, they're under a horrendous attack. The anxiety, the fear, the stress. They, they don't know really which way to turn. They've came to church and walked out in the same condition or worse maybe than when they came. How many's ever had that experience? I'll try to help us here in a minute. Hallelujah. I just want you to see where this man was. And I started to think about worry, about stress, about anxiety, about, about all the things that we're so easily tended to. And I thought the Bible said, now think with me, we know, somebody say we know. Here's an absolute, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So I love God. I'm, I'm under attack. I'm stressed out. I'm worried. Anxiety's got hold of me. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I'm walking the floors. I'm wringing my hands. How can that work out to my good? And here's the answer. I had this thought from reading this scripture. The only good thing I can say about worry, as fruitless as it is, 
The only good thing I can say about anxiousness, anxiety, and stress, as hard as they are, is that in my life, they always drive me to turn to Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I thought you'd shout right there. I said, hallelujah. They always take me to Jesus. I mean, I can be fought and, and run from the enemy. If you run me so far, the only place you're gonna get me is on my knees. I'm going to Jesus with this thing. Can you say amen? And so here, hallelujah, was a man whose life was distraught. His, his son was, think about it. He didn't just have a drinking problem. He didn't just have a drug problem. He didn't just have a financial stress. His son was demon-possessed. He'd become a lunatic because of demon control. Can you say amen? So this man turns to Jesus. I, I thought like this, sometimes the heat has to be turned up before the church will turn to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you, my God, I feel the Lord. When things get bad enough, if you've got a lick of sense, if you're a child of God, if there's an absolute knowledge in your life, I'm saved by grace, I'm washed in the blood, I have Jesus in my life. Amen. You may stress, you may fret, you may feud and fuss and fume, but after a while, there's something in you that will say, I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to to come to the Lord, hallelujah. Woo, glory. Tell somebody it's a good thing to be in trouble <laughs> if it takes you to Jesus, hallelujah. If it takes you to Jesus. So I started to just sort of analyze. Can I do that if I may? I'm not smart enough to be analytical, but I'll try. To analyze this text and, and I want to show you, first of all, the difficulty. The Bible said that this man came out of the multitude, number seven, verse 17, and said, Master, I brought my son to you, and he's got this spirit. And then he told him, it, it tears him, he foams, he gnashes at the mouth, he's pining away. That, that word pineth away means a word, it's a word that means he's diminishing. He's going farther and farther. He's, in, he's becoming introverted with this thing. He no longer has that gleam of hope in his eyes. His father is saying, all I see is death. My son is on his way to dying. This thing is about to destroy him. And he said, I, I even and brought to him, him to your disciples and they could not help him. Can you say amen? They could not cast him out. I want to tell you something sometimes. Sometimes, can I say this? We rebuke the devil. I don't know a better way to say it than just say he won't buke. He won't go away. Sometimes we take authority over him and he stands flat-footed, sticks his chest out, glares into our eyes and shows us his teeth. Can you say amen? Sometimes we pray and it seems like the heavens are brass. Sometimes it seems like we, we quote scriptures at it. Sometimes it seems like we, 
We try everything. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And we, we go to the pastor. We call for help. We do everything we can possibly do. But I want to tell you, you get bad enough. You get desperate enough. You'll get to the place where prayer and going to Jesus is not a last alternative, but it's your priority. You'll drop everything. You'll give up everything. You'll say, I've got to get to Jesus. This man was in such a difficulty. Man couldn't help. The government can't help. Society couldn't help. His wife couldn't help. I don't even read about her in the story. She didn't even come. He was on his own. And sometimes, oh God, all the time, you'll have to get alone with Jesus when things get bad enough. Things get bad enough. So the difficulty, it was insurmountable. I, you know, it's sort of like Gideon. Hail, you men of valor. All the time he's down in a wine press hiding from the enemy, trying to thresh a little wheat. And God comes to him and says, you're a mighty man of valor. And he said, well, if I'm a man of valor, why is our nation in the shape it's in? God said, you're going to deliver them. He said, how can I do that? I'm from the smallest tribe. I'm from the smallest family. I'm the most insignificant man. Who knows God can use somebody that thinks like that? Somebody that thinks it's not by might nor by power. It's not by my, as Nick was saying, by my gifting, by my talent, my ability, but it's by his spirit. I want to tell you what I need. I don't know what you need this morning, but I'm standing in a position right now that I need a move of God. I need Jesus to show up. I need God to come down to where I am. I need to get to where he is. Oh, like Job, I'm looking for him on the right and on the left. I'm in a mess. I need Jesus to come where I am. Hallelujah. Glory. So the difficulty. Let me tell you, the crowd, the multitude even seemed like an obstacle. Often Satan will whisper, there's no time for you. And, and then I thought, even this, parent, this parental love, the love of this dad was no match for this demon. But I want to tell you, the psalmist said this in Psalms 116. He said, the Lord preserves the simple. Those who just simply know one thing. I need God. Hallelujah. You ought to turn around and look at somebody and say, well, I need God. Hallelujah. That's a simple thought, but it's a powerful thought. I need God. The Lord preserves the simple. And then he said, I was brought low and he helped me. Glory. I want to tell you the greatest things that's ever happened in my life has been when I got with God and God helped me. Hallelujah. God helped me. In Acts 27, Paul was in a shipwreck. Think of this. And the Bible said in verse 20, when neither sun nor stars in many days had appeared, the storm was so great, no small tempest lay on us. All hope was lost that we should be saved. Amen. Was the, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But then Paul would later say and say, have no fear because tonight I was praying and an angel of God came and stood by me and said, you're going to be all right. They're going to lose the ship, but everybody's going to make it. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, we need to understand it never gets too difficult for God to speak into your situation. Never. Storms, trials, demon possessions, diseases. Hallelujah. 
We've seen God heal cancers. We've seen him heal heart diseases. We've seen God do things that seemed impossible. But sometimes it's a Eurachlodon which is the storm that Paul was in, which means a perfect, complete storm. It was an utter destructive storm. Nobody ever survived those kinds of storms. Mariners feared them. They dreaded them. They lived in the sea, and they knew if you got caught in this storm, it's over. But Paul's telling those shipmates, and those and the, listen, the soldiers were even trying to take the lifeboats and abandon the ship. But Paul said, stay on board, boys. I've heard from God. Hallelujah. So you might be in a mess, but you just need a word from God. You just need a word from God. Give him praise if you believe it. Now, this man comes to the disciples and, and uh, you know, I, I, I thought like this. He may have had these thoughts. He, he probably thought, well, these disciples are incompetent. But Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 3 and 6, he's made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of letter, but of the Spirit. Jesus said, I give to you power in Luke 10 and 19 to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. But still yet this man finds, amen, they can't do anything. He may have thought his problem was hopeless, that maybe God can't move in this one. Have you ever felt like that? God can't take care of this one. This one's too big. I've, I've had stuff hit me before and I think, oh God, where did that come from? I've even said what many of you said. Where are you, God? Why aren't you moving in this? And, and uh, sometimes we think the problem's hopeless. But Paul said again in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody, you know, the Bible said where sin abounds, grace abounds. Grace is the undeserved merit and favor of God to the sinner. But to the believer, grace is the enabling power to get through, to overcome, to make it, to endure, to hold Hold on, can you say amen? I can't do it on my own. When the enemy comes in, God just gives me grace. And he said, he'll make all grace abound towards you. That always, amen, that you always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And maybe he thought Jesus was perilous because he said to Jesus, did you read it? I heard it here when I read it to you. He said, if you can do anything, if it's possible for you, Lord, have compassion on us. Can I tell you, Paul again said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to tell you, doesn't matter what your difficulty is, can I shout it? Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. Lord. Secondly, secondly, that was his difficulty, but I want you to watch the discovery in this man's life. You see, when Jesus said, if you can believe all things are possible, that's the word he needed. And immediately, straightway, the father of the child cried out and said, Lord, I believe. But then there was a discovery. I've got a problem. I believe, but a spirit of unbelief has took hold of me. Do you understand that Faith and believing come from the word of God. But unbelief, doubt, fear, all those things are spirits that come from the enemy. So he said, I've been overtaken by unbelief. It seems like that I know the word of God. Have you ever been there? I know what God said. I heard what the preacher said. I'm preaching to you right now. And the devil said, no, don't you listen to him. That's that spirit of unbelief. I've come to tell you, my God, somebody needs to kick the door down this morning and allow God to rush in and do exactly. Exactly what you need. Do exactly what you need. 
Hallelujah. So he says, if you can do anything, help me. Jesus said, if you can believe all things are possible. Then all of a sudden, here's the discovery. He discovered his small faith. His, when he said, yeah, I believe that's faith. And his small faith illuminated and discovered his problem of unbelief. You see, unbelief caused the children of Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years after they'd seen nine plagues lay Egypt in shambles, after they'd seen God part the Red Sea, after they'd seen God, amen, feed them in the wilderness with manna in the morning and water out of a rock. They got to Kadesh Barnea, and I mentioned it earlier, got distracted because this spirit of unbelief clouded their minds that they couldn't think that if God could destroy Egypt, he'd kill those giants across the other side of into Canaan. How many understands what I'm saying? Can I tell you, if God saved you, if you've been through the blood and you've come through the sea, amen, of sanctification and baptism of the Holy Ghost, I don't care what the enemy brings against you, you ought to know God is still God. He saved me, he filled me, he delivered me, he'll get me out of this mess. Oh yeah, why don't you turn around and tell somebody, God will, hallelujah, get me out of this mess. Woo! The discovery the, discover, the discovery was, amen, that unbelief had, had taken hold. Unbelief doubts things. Do you know that? I mean, when you know what God says, you'll feel a little feeling of doubt rise up in you. I mean, you stand up here and say, I want you, I want you to come up here. I'm going to lay hands on you. God's going to heal you. And you can walk up here. There's been many people that has, and others all around them getting healed, and they don't get healed. And many times it's because there's a little spirit called unbelief that says, well, it worked for them, but it won't work for you. Are you hearing me? You ought to shake that thing off. You ought to kick it off, put it under your feet, hallelujah, and say, I believe God can do anything. Hallelujah. Say that with me. I believe God can do do anything. Now say this, I believe God will do anything. Oh, hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise. I believe he will. Hallelujah. You see, let me me hear you. You see, faith, unbelief, doubts, the power of omnipotence, the omnipotent God, but he's still omnipotent. He's still all-powerful. Unbelief doubts the value of Scripture and its promises. And I tell you, every jot, every tittle, every word, every promise, it's yes and amen. I don't care what the devil says. Hallelujah. Let me go on. Unbelief. Unbelief doubts the efficacy. That's a theological word that means the effectiveness of the blood. I want to tell you, I have a source of strength when I am weak that takes me through when life is pressing me. I have a source of power from above. I'm covered by a shield of blood. I'm blood washed. I'm blood covered. My God, nothing can separate me from that. Woo! Yeah, hey, hey. Marianda Rebohosaya. Unbelief, unbelief doubts the prevalence of Christ's prayers and pleas for us. He's our intercessor. He told Peter, he said, the devil have desired to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you 
Yippee, <laughs> that your faith would not fail. Can I tell you, Stephen, being stoned to death, looked up with a face like an angel and said, I see Jesus standing up for me. Hallelujah. Glory. So he discovered his problem. Let me tell you something. Just because you can't get out from under what you're under don't mean you ain't saved. We've been in this too long, David. We've walked too many miles. You and I have together. We've been through too much together. Me and this woman here, can I tell you, we've walked through hell and high water. We've waded through devil's waist deep some days. Can you say amen? But it doesn't mean we ain't saved. There's been days, there's been days of depression, discouragement, doubt, disillusionment. I got to just go on, anxiety, stress. It comes in like a flood. I said it comes in like a river about to wash you over. But Isaiah said when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God, yes, will raise up a standard against him. Devil, don't you try to tell me I ain't got nothing with God. I'll poke you in both your eyes. Hallelujah. I know who Jesus is in me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I love that, that commercial on TV about that car. Don't even know what kind of car it was because it spoke to me. There's a man with a sharp suit and a gold pin. And the fellow's looking at a sports car. Young guy, and the fellow says, sign a deal with me and you can have the car. Everything that goes with it, and it shows him all of a sudden, you know, I guess on Hollywood Boulevard getting ready to walk in, and he, everybody's cheering him, and he's fame, in other words, and fortune, and, and everything. And all of a sudden, he looks up at a billboard and sees the price on the car ain't that bad. And he looks at the guy and says, no thanks, I got this. And instantly he disappears in a puff of smoke. You know it was the devil trying to make a deal. Now that's just a commercial, but I have about had me a spell every time I see that. Because every time the devil tried to tell me what I need, I'm going to tell him what I got. I'm blood washed. Yeah. I'm so, I wish somebody in this house would shout with me. I'm sanctified. I'm a Holy Ghost filled. Yeah. I'm already on my way. The glory, hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Hey, hey, hey. I feel like fighting today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fight the devil. Moriandi kusaibai. Hallelujah. <laughs> Holy yay. Shotori bikisi. Ataraba. Hallelujah. Ataribidi. I see and I know I am moving, I am coming. I will show you my glory. I will deliver, trust me, 
Do not be discouraged, neither be dismayed. I have not forsaken you. I have not forgotten you. I am faithful, holy, and true. I am the Lord. I am your God and your Savior. I will bring you out, my child, with victory. Turn to me. Overcome the thing that tries to tell you I am not moving, for I am. Have I ever failed? Have I ever spoken falsely to you? Do you not know you can trust me with your very soul? I am your God, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you raise your hands all over this house? Hallelujah. He will. Woo! He will. Come into his presence. Come into his presence. Come into his presence. As Nick comes, I want to say just two more things. Paul wrote this to young Timothy from a prison cell where his life would soon be taken. And he said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me in the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Can I tell you something? Unbelief can even make Christians say and do stupid things. I've seen people that I knew were saved and full of the Holy Ghost have a brain dead moment. I mean just a stupid moment, just a dumb moment. Say and do things about God or toward God or toward each other that came right from hell. Don't mean they ain't saved. It don't mean we ought to give up on them. don't mean we ought to just lay down and say no hope for them. Because we ought to realize that God can give them a discovery like he did this father, like he did Paul the apostle. And then Paul said, man, all of a sudden I realized that everything I'd worked for was nothing as long as I get Jesus. That's where we've got to get if you're here today and your problem is so great, your battle's been so far, so long, so hard, and so heavy, the devil's convinced you you're not going to make it. Well, I've sort of shot holes in everything he says this morning. The Holy Ghost has. And I want you to notice this. Jesus said to that spirit, I command you, come out of here. That should be it, right? But that thing made one last ditch effort and it ripped his insides apart so bad physically that he fell down and everybody said, oh my God, he's dead. But Lazarus' tomb ought to remind us that it's never too late for Jesus. 
Oh God, somebody needs to hear me. I said, Lazarus tomb will remind us it's never too late for Jesus. I've had dead dreams, dead visions, dead ambitions that came from God and Dave Jesus showed up and raised them back up. Can I say when all else fails, just simply on a word from Jesus, he said, Lord, I believe. How many of you just raise your hand this morning and say, Lord, I believe. I believe. I thought of this when many when Jesus showed up at Lazarus' tomb. Mary and Martha said, Lord, if you'd been here, our brother wouldn't have died. Jesus said, show me where he laid him. They said, Lord, he's stinking by now. They didn't embalm back then. He's dead. He's rotten. Jesus said, if a man lives and believes in me, he'll never die. Lord, we're dead. Yes, shall he live? And Jesus said, do you believe this? I love their answer. Lord, I believe you can do anything. <laughs> That's where I found myself at times. I find myself, Carol, looking, looking at a circumstance, at a situation, at a problem, and I have no idea what God's going to do, but I just have to say, Lord, I believe you can do anything. I believe you can do anything. How many believes you can do anything this morning? Some of you have been hurt so bad. (laughs) You've hurt so bad. You've hurt so long. You've been through so much. Lord, if you'd have been here back then, it would have been all right. If you'd have been here four days, I want to tell you, though, you've just got to say, I believe you can do anything. Roll the stone away. Went over to that little dead boy, that daddy. That daddy probably thought he's failed too. I don't know what he thought, but Jesus walked over that little boy. Got hold of him. He stood up alive. And he'd been deaf and dumb, and I believe he probably looked at his daddy and said, Daddy, it's all right, Daddy. He probably then just fell down and worshiped Jesus. The scripture doesn't elaborate. He can do anything. He can do anything. You see, you come to Jesus today with your worst problems. You can come with your greatest needs. You can come with your most personal, private, intimate struggles. Isaiah said, A bruised reed he won't break, a smoking flax he won't quench. He won't put your fire out, honey. He won't finish you off. He'll raise you up. He'll raise you up. Stand with me if you would. We 
We hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.